so often we spend our lives wishing and hoping and hoping and wishing and desiring things. This is what I know for sure. You don't get what you wish for. You don't even get what you hope for. You get what you believe. That's Oprah Winfrey. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. And we are starting off this week with a returning speaker whose name needs no introduction and She is Miss Oprah Winfrey. And in today's clip, Oprah talks to us about dreams and what to do when we give up on our dreams. And lastly, she talks about the law of intention. So without further ado, here's Oprah Winfrey. Enjoy. Anything you hear about me that feels good, sounds good, you think about, I wonder what Oprah's doing, how she's doing, I... I am living the dream. And I want you to live the dream because I'm not living the dream because I'm special. I'm living the dream because I was obedient to the call of the dream. So I want you to leave here today thinking about what is the dream for you? What is God's dream for you? What does the creator's dream hold for you? So often we spend our lives wishing and hoping and hoping and wishing and desiring things. This is what I know for sure. You don't get what you wish for. You don't even get what you hope for. You get what you believe. So what is it you believe and know to be God's dream for you? So I live in the dream. I'm living in the space of the dream. And dream's good. Dream's good. The dream is greater than anything that I could have imagined. You know, when I was a little girl, my father, on Sunday mornings after church, he was a deacon, so he thought he had to say goodbye to every single person. We were the last car leaving the parking lot in the green Oldsmobile. And we would drive through the white people's neighborhoods. And I used to dream the dream, driving through the white people's neighborhoods. We'd drive through white people's neighborhoods and you'd see their fancy houses. Some of them had gates, but all of them had trees. And I remember when I first came to Baltimore, I met a friend. Hello, Baltimore in the house. When I first came to Baltimore, I I, I made friends with a wonderful woman named Arlene Weiner. She was the wealthiest person I'd ever met. And I went to her house and parked in the driveway. There was a Corvette and there was a BMW and there was a Mercedes. I went, whoa, Arlene's rich. And at Arlene's house, once I got inside, I could see from her kitchen window six trees in the front yard. I thought, oh, rich people have trees. 
when I get rich, I'm going to get me some trees. I'm not just going to get me. Everybody want to get cars and pocketbooks and shoes, but I want me some trees. So as life would have it, I was standing in my kitchen window about three years ago in California, making coffee in the morning, and I was looking out the window, and I saw the six trees. But listen to me. I was making, making, making the coffee. I saw the six trees. I went out on the porch to actually count the six trees. And this is what I noticed. That I could dream the six. But beyond the six trees in my kitchen window are 3,687 trees. How do I know? Because I had them counted. I had them counted. So I said, I want to know how many trees out there. I dreamed the six. That's as much as my, 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 my small mind and my imagination could hold for myself. I dreamed the six, but God can see beyond the six. Can see beyond the six because there was a bigger dream for me. And I'm here to tell you, there is a bigger dream for you, Essence. There's a bigger dream. And so the key, the secret, the magic is to surrender to God's dream for you. To quit fighting against and pushing against and disallowing against and resisting against and trying to tell the creator, the universal forces, divine intelligence, what you are supposed to do, and get still and know for sure what his dream, the dream, is for you. Now, when I was about eight years old, I, was, I grew up in the church, and I was... Uh, going to one of those women's day, you know how we, we, had, we have church all day long. I, I've been to Sunday school and then we were going to, and then afternoon they were having a women's tea from the women's board. And they were having a tea and the little girl that was supposed to be there to do a recitation uh, had gotten ill. And so they said to my stepmother, we need some, a little girl can Oprah come back and do a recitation this afternoon? My stepmother said, yeah, I'll have her back here this afternoon. So, this, you know, church ain't over to 1.30. So, by 4 o'clock, I had gone home and learned to recite Invictus by William Ernest Henley. Now, it starts out, out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God's Baby, for my unconquerable soul. I was reciting it and doing the pit from pole to pole. I didn't know what I was saying. But at the end of the poem, there is the stanza that says, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Now, my little eight-year-old brain didn't really fully understand the power and depth of those words, but they sounded good enough for me to write them down and put them on my mirror. 
And those words, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul, became a mantra for me. What it said is, I am responsible for the choices that I make in my life. I am responsible. I am responsible. So obviously, I grew up and was better able to articulate what those words really mean. And I discovered in physics class, those of you who remember physics, the third law of motion. You remember what that is? The third law of motion in physics says, for every action, it's called Newton's law. And it says, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So what does that mean? That means everything that you are putting out into the world, every action, bam, there is an equal and opposite reaction. It means no matter what you do, the energy of what you do, what you say, and most important, the energy of who you are is going out into the world, into your home, into your relationships, and that energy is always coming back to you. You are responsible for the energy that you are pulling out into the world because that very energy, bam, is coming right back to you every single time, whether you believe it or not, because it is law. It is law. It is law that what you put out into the world is coming back. Now, in our country and many countries all over the world, they call this the golden rule. They say, do unto others as you would have them. Do unto you. The truth is, whatever you do is already done. The truth is, so when I learned this, that I am, I am the person who gets to control what comes back to me based upon what I'm putting out. So when I figured that out, oh, what I'm putting out is what's coming back. Let me get real clear about what it is I'm putting out. Real clear. So I read a book about 1989 called Seed of the Soul. And in that book, Gary Zukav talked about the laws of karma, of the laws of cause and effect, the third law of motion. And in that book, he talked about how intention, your intention is always one with the law. Meaning, before you even think about a thing, you have an intention for the thing. And that the intention is going to determine the outcome. That's why the same people can go to the same church service and somebody walk down the aisle just to be seen to put some money in the church. And somebody else who just goes and just has a little bit to offer. The intention with which you give the intention with which you serve determines the outcome. So when I figured that out, I went, whoa. I changed everything I did on my show. I called in the producers and I said, from this day forward, I will no longer be speaking to the KKK. I will no longer be speaking 
to people who are fighting each other in a way that it is damaging to the character of myself and other people who watch. From this day forward, I am only going to do intentional television. And they're like, how are we going to do that and still win? The reason we remain number one for 25 straight years... is because every single day I would have a pre-show meeting and have the producers come in and state to me, what is your intention? How do we want to use whoever is on this show, whatever is happening on this show, to serve the audience in a way that fulfills the mission of uplifting, enlightening, encouraging, as well as entertaining. And if it doesn't do that, then I can't do it. I can't put my name on it. So, I use this principle of intention for everything. I don't do anything without thinking about what is the real reason? What is the real motivation? What is the energy of my intention that's going to go into my thoughts and action and then be returned back to me. It is law. It's law. So the very first time I practiced this principle, there was a woman on the show whose daughter had been murdered by her boyfriend. And I went into the green room. I said, I'm going to see if this works. I said, can you tell me what's your intention? She said, I said, tell me what's your intention in being here. And she said, what do you mean? I'm here because your producers asked me to come. I said, but what is the reason you said yes? What did you intend when you said yes? And she said, I wanted people to know. Everybody asked me about my daughter's death and how she was murdered by her boyfriend. But I wanted people to know that my daughter was a real person. My daughter was loved and she loved us. I want people to know that my daughter had a life that goes beyond her death, that's bigger than her death, that her life was bigger than her death. I said, okay, I can help you with that intention. Let me tell you what I intend. I intend to literally exploit your daughter's life, to tell the story in such a way that every other 16-year-old girl who is being abused by her 18-year-old boyfriend, will see themselves in the story of your daughter. They will hear that she had a life. They will hear that everything seemed normal on the outside. But see themselves in her story and be able to be empowered by the life and death of your daughter. So every question that I ask you is not me trying to, to be just a voyeur. I'm using it for using and asking the questions explicitly for a reason, for an intention to get people to see themselves. That is the first show I won an Emmy for. And I will say that this principle of intention I use in everything. For the last interview that I did with Whitney Houston, we did the, hey girl, how you doing? Oh my God, oh my God, good to see you. So, so, so. Then I say, turn the cameras off. I say, Whitney, tell me, what is your intention? Why are you doing this interview? Why did you want to sit with me? 
What is it you want to happen at the end of these two hours? Tell me what it is you want because I control the mic and I can make sure that happens. And I've used that principle for every area of my life. I don't do anything and I ask that you consider not doing anything that you don't truly intend. Do not allow yourself to be marginalized and defined by other people's agendas and intentions because the power of your story lies in your personal intention. So it is my intention, my intention to fulfill the dream of the creator. It is my intention to live to the highest calling and be pressed to the mark of the highest calling that I have come to do. And when you can ask the creator, ask that which made you you, what is your dream for me? I guarantee you, instead of you trying to define the dream, what is your dream for me? If you're able to lean into the dream that the universe and all the forces of, 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 of light and love and power and grace by all the names that we call God has for you, nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch you. Big thanks to Oprah Winfrey for stopping by. You can go to Oprah.com to see all the amazing things that she has going on over there. Check her out on Instagram and her latest book, which she co-authored with Dr. Bruce Perry, is entitled What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience and Healing. And everything I mentioned, along with a link to the entire talk, will be in the show description. And that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you back here Wednesday. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.